Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of CookieCast. Today on CookieCast, it's a football podcast. And guess what? Yes, we've got a guest. Oh yeah, it's guest o'clock. You might recognise him, whether it's you, that you're listening to his voice, or you're watching his beautiful face on on the YouTube. You might recognise our guest. So, you know, I'll just leave it there for now. Speaking of YouTube, if you are a YouTube subscriber, check's in the post, if you know what I mean. Wink, wink. And if you are subscribing audio platforms, SoundCloud, iTunes, then uh, I'm sure I can dig a fiver out for you. So, uh, yeah, here we go. It's Football Podcast, The Riverside Roundup, with special guest. Right then, here we go. Paul, straight just straight off the bat, just get us get us straight in with your amazing intro. Go. Well, well, well. Here we are, back again for another week's roundup of everything. Well, I say everything football related, but mainly uh, championship football related. And uh, as uh, if you if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll notice there's a little special guest that's joined us this week, so uh, we might even be getting a uh, Humberside, is it still Humberside I suppose, or East Riding? I mean, it's not been Humberside for at least the last 15 years, Paul, so you know, thanks <laughs> for keeping up. <laughs> so what you're saying is it's possibly not been Humberside since I was alive, but you know. Um, <laughs> you're 15, you're looking well. Ah uh, yeah, it's just, uh, it's just, I, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, we'll be getting a... Uh, East Riding of Yorkshire flavour to the uh, the podcast this week, but yeah, welcome along to another episode of the Riverside Roundup. Uh, so yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be chatting all your uh, all your borough news uh, amongst other things. But yeah, uh, a little uh, quick welcome along to this week's guest, uh, Mr. Woodmansey. Hello. As uh, obviously you'll, you'll know from the Riverside thing, I'm, I'm here for the Humber connection rather than any kind of Championship football news these days. So you know. How is the bridge and how is the estuary doing these days? I don't know, I've been in my house for the last year, so... Ah, okay. Understandable. <laughs> Great answer. Do you remember when something like that would have been a joke? <laughs> I've been in my house for a year. <laughs> now it's like, yeah, we all have, mate. <laughs> so I, I had an amazing intro. Um, to to let people know that Stu was a, I was going to go with the uh, the man with the munchiest wood, Mister Stuart Stuart Woodmans. Uh but but no, no, it was. That's, this just has a lot to answer for with that, doesn't it? She? Oh, one of the greatest moments in sporting history, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> one that you're not going to hear about now. <laughs> so, Paul. This is a podcast that's broken into sections, and have I got a section for you today with a guest on t- on top? It's like, hmm, icing, cherry, sparkler. Let's put it that way. But the way we like to start the ball rolling uh, 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 is uh, with a little section that we call "This Week in Football." So, 
I hand over to you and you tell us what's been going on this week in football. Well, I, I don't know. I, I don't know specifically for me. It's felt like it's been a, a rather quiet week in football, personally. Um, so, off the top of my head, the main thing uh, is that in, in, in yesterday evening's games, not in the Premier League, not in the Championship, not even in the Champions League. It was in League One. Uh, it was in the, I believe it was Ipswich versus Charlton, essentially. Um, but uh, the uh, Ipswich player Alan Judge was, uh, well, in his, in his opinion, he was fouled on the outside of the box. Um, so obviously, as players tend to do when they uh, you know feel they've been wronged, they uh, you know they go to the referee and voice their opinion. Um, now, normally the referee would either just sort of like tell them to go away, or you know say that's enough now and stuff like that, and just retreat, blah blah blah. Uh, no, the the referee in this game decided, huh, this guy wants a piece, does he? Uh, in that case, I'll just. Uh, shove my face straight back into his and uh, basically say, you want some, little man? You want some? And then I'll forcefully book him and then just tell him to piss off, basically. So this, this is, like, I, I, as I mentioned it like, briefly earlier, I got a uh, I got a nod of approval from Stu. So obviously Stu had seen this as well. Uh, and it looked um, looked a little tasty. Like, at one point, yeah. It looked like at one point the I'm, I'm going to check to see if it was Charlton because if I'm saying it's Charlton, then I'm looking like a right muggy. Right? I mean, the, the, um, the BBC the built position point. BBC built the BBC built it up horrendously because you know obviously they've, they've got they've got an article to write, so they, they've they've described it as him locking heads. How does that even? How is that even a thing? Like locking to <laughs> as, as he kind of like necked him or like. Like how how was that? That's, that's weird. that absolutely did not happen. Um, but it, it I, like I've watched a lot a lot of football. I've never seen. And, and to be fair to the referees, they put up with a lot of shit. And in a weird way, if crowds were even a thing anymore, I'd understand it if a referee squared up to somebody in the crowd. <laughs> not an actual player. That's just bizarre. No. So. Um, after all this time I was saying it was uh, Charlton players and stuff like that absolutely Northampton so <laughs> no idea where I've got that from it's, it's obviously because like, so the, the, the Northampton players must have had like Hummel chevrons on their arms like similar to the Borough shirt and I just assumed that it was Charlton because Hummel made Charlton's kit um, but so obviously after he squared up to the year uh, to Alan Judge the, uh, the Northampton players have basically sort of had to get in there and sort of like not, not so much push him away, because then you'd put, be putting your hands on an official, but they've had to try and sort of, like, ease him away from the player. And as they've sort of eased him off, he's basically just... He's already got the yellow card out, and he's almost sort of, like... He's, he's, he's booked him in a way that I've never seen a ref sort of give a card before. He almost, like, sort of, like... He flicked it in the air as if he was like, no, fuck off, or something like that. It was probably, like, forceful the way... Yeah! Flicking the Vs as if he was doing it that way. But, um... Yeah, the only the only ref I've ever seen that's been sort of not forceful, but more more. Well, I suppose it is forceful. I suppose was um, the old Italian ref Pierluigi Colina. He was a guy who basically didn't take any shit on the pitch, um, and that was that was a very sort of similar ilk to it um, with him. But 
yeah, just bizarre, absolutely bizarre. Just as as I've just looked some of this stuff up because I hadn't, I, I'd obviously seen the incident, I hadn't seen any any of the the, the rest of the game or anything like that. Um, there is an article currently on the BBC of him, uh, the referee Darren Drysdale also showed a red card in that game in stoppage time. If you've got a little second, take a look because it's the first time I've ever seen a referee give a red card with a smile on his face. That guy was having having himself an evening. Is the uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh. right. well, it's, it's, it's brilliant because so on the on the Sky Sports uh, app, um, it, it has it has come back with uh, an update of referee Darren Drysdale uh, apologizes. After squaring up to Alan Judge during Ipswich's goalless draw with Northampton, um, da, 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 da. I wonder if it says what he what he said. Ooh. I fully understand that it's important for us as referees to maintain our composure throughout the game and always engage with players in a professional manner. I'm sorry that I did not do that last night, and I can only apologise to Alan and Ipswich Town. I'm sure that helps this morning. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like- um, Paul Lambert had said afterwards as well, I've been quoted as saying that if Alan Judge had behaved in the same way towards the ref, he'd probably be looking at a six-month ban. He's not wrong. He's not, really. And and like you said, it is that that thing where, regardless of which side of the ball you're on, you have to maintain your composure at all times and stuff like that, and you can't... That's what sort of separates it from being, you know, an organised sport and just chaos. So... You have to sort of remember where you are at all times and you have to just sort of grin and bear it, I suppose. I just swallow it at times and just, yeah, just get on with it, really. Um, other than that, I can't, I can't really think of anything that's much that's happened, to be honest with you. Um, obviously, the one thing that I did see um, was that they're hoping that by the time the um, cup finals roll around... Um, they're hoping that they'll be able to let fans back into the stadium at Wembley. So obviously Wembley holds ninety thousand people. If you're operating at let's let's I don't know let, let's realistically say a third capacity, you can get thirty thousand fans in there. So you can get fifteen fans, fifteen fans, fifteen thousand <laughs> fans for each club, and you can obviously you've got the three tiers that are there that you'd be able to disperse them amongst and stuff like that. So, you'd, in theory, you'd be able to do it well within the uh, the regulations. And, obviously, you're looking at... Um, I don't know exactly when they're looking to play the League Cup final, because normally that's played at the end of February or the beginning of March. But I did see that they have already pushed that to a later point in the season with the hope that they'll be able to get fans in there for that. So, we just have to keep an eye on it and see what, what happens with that. But... Um, yeah, good signs and stuff like that. And obviously, you'd imagine that if it does get to May, that's what, another three months away, you'd imagine that the vaccination process will be much further across at that point. So you'd maybe look at maybe, what, 75% of the population being vaccinated at that point. You know, the, the lateral flow tests might be even quicker than half an hour to get the test results back in. So, Because I saw they were saying that about nightclubs, weren't they, in theatres, where they were looking to do... Um, Get patrons back in by having a lateral flow test, and if you if you manage to come back with a negative, a negative, don't know what I'm saying tonight. If you came back with a negative result, then you're allowed entrance because you can't transmit or whatever. So 
Can you, can you imagine that though? Like, how many people are they going to get taken up on that? You've just paid upwards of £40 to come and see this fantastic musical theatre performance, whatever it is. Just before you're allowed to do that, um, just stick this up your nose and down your throat, will you? Like, yeah. Or, or you're going into a nightclub, you're thinking, ooh, expensive in there. I'll tie if you want at home first. <laughs> so you've had like 10 pints at home, and then the, the last thing you've got to do, stick something to the back of your throat. <laughs> yeah, I can only see that going one way. <laughs> but it isn't down. Let's put it that um, way. On, on the back of the football thing and, and the COVID stuff as well, earlier um, the, the Premier League have confirmed that they're going to show all the games live on TV until fans are going to return yeah, to the stadiums as well. I did see that as well. Why yeah. can't the Championship do that? Because surely the fan bases are big enough. So I think that the argument with the, the Championship will probably be something along the lines of, oh, well, they don't get enough money from the TV rights, whatever. So it's not it's not really the same. Well, well, it is. So, just get them on TV, you know, Ben. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, a lot, a lot of the teams in the Championship and uh, <laughs> League One <laughs> have, uh, <laughs> been, been, have been in the Premier League before. So, like, the, the fan bases are going to be, you know, they're not teams that have just sprung up out of nowhere. They're well established. So, enough people, I think, would would cotton on to it. But yeah, I think the the thing as well is with the um, with the Championship League One, League Two. They obviously they already offer this I Follow pass, so it's it's a pass that you can sign up to. I think it's I don't know how much it is for the season, but I know it's ten pounds a game. So there's obviously already something in place where if you wanted to, you can actually get the rights to the game for a tenner anyway. So that might be tied in with the reason why you can't get it on TV, mm. but obviously. Um, for anyone that's been watching Sky Sports News or Gillette Soccer Saturday on a, on a weekend or during midweek, um, for the majority of the games, they do tend to show the action leading up to the goal and then the goal themselves anyway. So whilst it's not full match coverage, you are still seeing the main bits of action for the game. So it's not, not the end of the world. It's still not ideal, but it's not the end of the world and you are, you are seeing the main bits, I suppose. Sounds good. Anything else from this week? No, I think that, that pretty much sums it up for me, really. Well, that brings us swiftly on to our next section. Well, well, we'll come, we'll we'll cover it in this bit. But um, Middlesbrough scored one of, if not the best goal I've seen in my lifetime in their game against Huddersfield last night. But we'll cover it in the games. So, spoiler alert, I've given you at least one goal that happened in that game. One Let's of see if there was any more. Not, not just yet, though. Not just yet, though. Because first, we need to talk about Derby County going up against the Mighty Borough. Now then, some of us... Do, do, do we have to? Unfortunately, yes. Some of us uh, had had uh, had high hopes for Millsborough. Some of us were a little more cautious, a little bit more cautious. Paul, what was the score in the Derby County Middlesbrough game? So, as uh, 
<laughs> as you may have been able to garner from my previous outburst, uh, Borough didn't win. Uh, yeah, sadly, um, they decided that it would be a nice time to, um, you know, give a little Christmas spirit and uh, gift three points to uh, Wayne Rooney's Derby County, as I believe they're now legally obliged to be called. I'll have his name up above the door before. Huh? <laughs> Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, it was a it was a two one to Derby County on that uh, on that front. Um, Paul uh, had faith in his boys, just a little, just a little one goal. Um, I was a little bit more reserved. I've seen I've seen quite a little bit of up and down with Middlesbrough recently, and I, I don't like to at this point in time. I don't like to solely pin a win on them, so I went with a one one draw. No points is is the short version. Now then, could that possibly change? Because there are three goals, which could mean three goal scorers. So who scored the three goals? So, for Derby, we had goals for Lee Gregory and Colin Kazim Richards. I am happy to report... Nobody picked either of those goal scorers. Excellent. Uh, yeah, the, the Middlesbrough reply came from Niskins Cabano. Nobody picked that goal scorer. So uh, if you keep in track, if you've got your calculators at the ready, you'll know that we've started the week off well. Double zero. Correct, Stu. But it's fine, because that's not the only game that was predicted. So with a new game comes a new opportunity for points. So let's find out what happened in the Huddersfield Town Wickham Wanderers game. Go. Well, this was uh, this was quite quite the game by the sound of it. Mm. Um, uh, Huddersfield took a two-goal lead um, and then decided don't want three points here. Don't even want one point here. We'll, we'll just we'll just throw away a two goal lead and uh, we'll lose three two. Thanks. Yeah. So um, there was there was a little bit of draw action going on. Um, Paul, you had a Desmond down. I thought Wickham. I've seen a lot of Wickham recently in the books. Seen a lot of them, and I've I've kind of been liking what I've seen, sort of goals wise. So I was like, Do you know what? They're not in the room, but I'm still going to give them a point. I went with a 1-0, which, luckily for me, secured me one point. So, can one of us turn it around with goal scorers? Well, let's just put it this way. If we, if we erase Josh Knight's 87th minute winner for Wickham... I'll just have the points for the two-two draw. Yeah, that's, that's how the, that's how the that's how the scoring system works. You 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 monkey around with what the actual scores yeah. until you get the score you want. Absolutely. <laughs> um, however, I do have something in the back of my mind that makes me think I may have picked one of the Huddersfield goal scorers. In that it was Janino Bakuna and Isaac Mbenza. Who scored their goals? 
Did you pick Janino purely for the old Middlesbrough connection? Yeah, I thought you might. I certainly did. Mainly because when we went to the game last year, or last season, sorry, and it faced Huddersfield nil, Middlesbrough nil, barn burner, um, at one point, that guy came on the pitch, to which the Middlesbrough fans serenaded him with, you're not Janino, you're not Janino, you're not Janino, you're not Janino. Just, just, just a beautiful rendition. Just lovely. As an aside, I would like people to keep in their heads the second of those goal scorers. Because I had to double check something a little later in the, uh, in the predictions. So, you correctly pointed out there that you did say that, uh, that Bakuna Matata was uh, was absolutely going to get one of those goals so you've you've clawed back a point question is can you claw back any more well let's see so the wickham goals as we know the winner was already scored by josh knight on the 87th minute however there was also goals for anis mametti and joe jacobson who to uh, to borrow a little stat from i believe it was the uh, uh, soccer saturday they may have covered this I believe he has four goals for the season all of which have come from the penalty spot so there you go interesting there um, you go for all you wickham fans that have uh, tuned into this somehow <laughs> there's your wickham stat for the week <laughs> Yeah, they've, they've, they've come to see if we're talking about Brentford this week or if we're, or if we're talking about their team. Um, anybody with a good memory, people like Paul, will remember that uh, we didn't pick any of those goal scorers. So, just one point apiece. So, for the first half of the week, uh, it's just a point apiece. That's all it is. Just a point apiece. Now then... Can we change this round? So, we're back with Middlesbrough action. Middlesbrough versus Huddersfield. Now, this is one of those... I would I would want to say rare occasions, but it's not rare at all. It's quite common. Where you and I both had the same prediction. So, uh, put us collectively out of our misery and tell us what was the score in the Middlesbrough-Huddersfield game. Well, it didn't start great. And, as you've alluded to in the previous game, Isaac and Benza drove a stake through the uh, the hearts of the collective Middlesbrough fans with, a, with an early goal. However, Middlesbrough struck back with what I covered earlier in the podcast could be one of the finest solo efforts I've ever seen in my life. Uh, Duncan Watmore gets the ball just off, just inside the Huddersfield half, drives down the right-hand side, cuts inside past two men, into the box, to the edge of the box, and slams a left-footed left-footed drive right inside the keeper's uh, right-hand post. Absolutely beautiful. Me- At the time, I believe I, uh, I may have even said the phrase, oh, that was Messi-esque. So, yeah, if you get a chance to watch it, oh. Absolute stonker. Oh, um, oh, I've got to give the result, haven't I? Yeah, I'm too busy talking about the bloody goal. Uh, so that guy's back to 1-1. Uh, and then uh, Ashley Fletcher scored a penalty to uh, seal a 2-1 win. Indeedy doody. Now then, 
some fortunate, some not so much. The the score that you and I have both predicted was a one nil win to the Borough. Um, and I think we know what's coming, don't we? That's right. Neither of the Borough goal scorers were uh, were on on our page, I'm afraid. So uh, again, just another point apiece there. So if you keep in track. It's level pegging. It's level pegging. It's gonna it's gonna end beautifully. Because my boys, the Bristol City crew, are gonna take on Reading. So this is where men be men become boys and boys become men. I don't I don't think that's I don't think that's the saying at all, but anyway. <laughs> Now, I can tell you this, I can allude to this, that there was a difference. There wasn't the same score predicted. A lot of differences going on with the with the, the, the goal scorers. It's, it's anyone's game at this point. Paul, Bristol City versus Reading, what was the score? It was a comfortable 2-0 win for the Royals of Reading. Yes. So, Paul went with a 1-2, and I went with a draw. Yeah. So, I think, you know, Paul, Paul's got the edge. But let's not forget, there are two goal scorers, potentially two goal scorers to pick from here. So, it could be like, you know, there could be, a, could be clawed back, maybe. Let's find out, Paul. You're not going to be happy, Andrew. I'm not. The first goal was scored by Lucas Yao. It was. But it's fine, because we've still got a goal left. Here we go. The second goal was scored by... M M Michael Morrison. Bal oh, it wasn't. The guy you picked. It wasn't the guy I picked at all. Uh, but you did pick... Uh, you did pick Lucas... Lucas Yao. So that's, uh, that's two... That's two from... The, uh, uh, Oh. Yeah, well, yet again, uh, Paul Paul won this week. It's not my forte. It's not where I... It's not my Matt Forte, is it? It's not. Brentford games are where your bag is. Brentford? That's just the game. <laughs> well, luckily for me, we've got four games to pick from. Four games to pick from, and there is so much Brentford football here. <laughs> there isn't any Brentford football. Bristol City, on the other hand, yes, sir. Oh well, just before we go on to that, obviously, we should have covered this in this week in football, but unfortunately, that Bristol City nil Reading 2 did, did come with a managerial casualty, sadly. So, unfortunately, after the game, Dean Holden was uh, conspicuous by his absence at the pro at the post-match press conference. Uh, and that was because he'd been uh, given the old hook. So, yeah. Sadly, uh, Bristol City now looking for a new manager again. So, Taking applications? Might as well. Just, just throwing it out there. You don't buy a ticket. You, you won't be the manager of Bristol City. <laughs> As we can see from my predictions, I am the man for the job. 
Anyway, um, as is the way that we like to do, we like to predict games. As we've been doing with this season of this particular podcast, we are trying to look into the future. We're predicting the future. That's where we're at. We've, we've got bored predicting the, the, the present and we're predicting the future. What I mean by that is we're looking forward to who Middlesbrough have got next week. Sometimes even the week after. And we're saying, what does that game look like this week for that team? Predict the hell out of it. Find out what we're going up against. And then that gives us an idea for next week's prediction. See what we did there. What we've got this week is we've got a guest. And that guest also gets a pick. Guest predictions from other podcasts such as... So... Another game we like to play is Andy's going to write down what he thinks the, uh, the, the the scores are. Then he's going to pick what he thinks is a player who plays for this team. Then Paul lets us know if he's right. Not on the predictions. The predictions are always wrong. It's whether he's managed to find a player <laughs> that actually plays for the team. And, and I will say this now. We nearly had a situation where that wasn't going to be the case because I've already looked one of them up. Uh, right. Paul gets to play that game twice this week at the same time now as well. So, <laughs> so if you if you're keeping keeping in mind the weird way that we do like to do things here, uh, you'll know that the first game of the re- of the week is Reading versus the Mighty Borough. So, normally, Paul would go first because I've already made my pick, my correct pick. But we've got a third dimension now. We've got uh, we've got Stu involved. So, Paul, would you like to go first, second, or third? Um, as as Stu is the guest, I'll give him the option. To either go first or second as it was, I suppose. Well, I'm just gonna go straight in then. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna quite happily plant myself on the fence and uh, say one one. I think Reading Reading seem to have had a, a reasonable run. Borough definitely got a mixed bag for sure. Um, so I'll say one one, and I shall say Semedo. For Reading, and to continue his uh, penalty scoring form, let's go with Fletcher for uh, nice, good nice. choice. Paul, do you want to take the next one, or do you want me to let you know what I've? Well, I'll do what I usually do, and I'll basically try and guess what you've guessed at, and obviously that'll be a repeat of the uh, of the transaction. So. Don't like it. Don't like the game. No. Don't like the game one bit. No. Um, unfortunately, I think it'll be a 2-0 Reading win. Close. Goal scorers. Um, Zhao, obviously. Uh, and I'll go for Mete. The uh, baths up from your childhood. Yes. Um, you were close, 
closer than closer than you might think. Uh, I've gone two one. It's a classic for me. Um, I've also I've also gone Zhao. I keep throwing Baldock out there just you know for shits and giggles. Uh, but for the Borough, uh, what more is where I'm at on that one. I'm afraid. I'll take it if it's another screamer. I'll uh, I'll happily whip my shirt off as he's doing it. Newport helicopter, beautiful. Oh yeah. <laughs> so straight down, straight down to my boys. Uh, we've got Bristol City versus Barnsley. I feel I can't say Barnsley, Yorkshire enough. So I have to. I kind of try, and then I have to just pull the ripcord. So it, it sounds weird when I say it. Um. <laughs> As is the way, I have picked a score and a goal scorer. Um, Paul, first or second or third? Again, I'll defer to Stuart. Go on, Stu. I have Bristol City, none. Barnsley, one. And I'm going for Morris to score that goal. Okay, well, you've gone the polar opposite to me because I've gone Bristol City 1. You've got to support the boys, haven't you? Barnsley nil. Wells to score that goal. Paul. Well, well I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to basically sort of uh, slide myself nicely in the middle of you two there and go for a nil-nil. Wow. Okay. Are you doing? Are you doing monies? Uh, I'm doing them as we're going along. Yes. So, if you give the details of the next, you said one nil Bristol City, didn't you? Hmm. Mm. Okay. Whilst our uh, our esteemed host is sorting out all the money we're going to win from all of these amazing predictions we might as well talk about the next middlesbrough game so as you can see a pattern building here we've got middlesbrough versus bristol city paul's preoccupied Stu, do you want to go first or second um well i'll stick with it and, and go straight in if you yeah. like i will Go for zero for Bristol, or nil, if you will, and uh, two to Middlesbrough, and I will go for Mr. Housen and Mr. Sombolonga. Both you a goal. Yeah, that's what I thought from looking at the recent scorers as well. So it's funny you should say that, Stu, because uh, I have gone one nil to Middlesbrough, and you know who's due a goal. British on longer, absolutely. <laughs> Paul, lovely. Uh, so there'll be there'll be no there'll be no odds for these games, unfortunately, as they're not in the uh, they're not in the old sky bet. No. Yeah. Um, but before I give you my prediction, I will give you some odds Go. for previous predictions. So for Stew's one-one Reading Middlesbrough at five to one, and his one-nil Barnsley at six to one. Give Stuart double of forty-one to one. Nice. For your Reading two-one and Bristol City one-nil, your double is eighty-nine point two five to one. 
And for my Reading 2-0 and Bristol City Barnsley 0-0, I have a double of 103.5 to 1. Okay. Middlesbrough, Bristol City, go. 2-0 Borough. Love it. Goal scorers. Chubber. Cabano. Love it. Now then. We have got another game to predict. But uh, unfortunately time is not our friend. And uh, with three beautiful picks to go through. And our newest, most favouritest segment. And the Any Other Business. I think what's going to be best at this point in time. Is just take a little... A breath, let's say, and then we'll come right on back. So bear with us two secs. And just like that, through the magic of, you know, technology, I guess, we are back. It's almost like we were never gone. In fact, probably don't even need to talk about it. So... Four games to predict, three predicted. That can only mean. Carry the one. One game left. That game is AFC Bournemouth versus Cardiff City. Gonna get bored of saying it the more we go, but I'm, I'm already in the book. And I think we know the way it's gonna go. So, Stu. What have you got for me? Um, I'm going for a 1-0 win to Bournemouth. Yes, you are. And I will go with Stanislas for the goal scorer. They seem to uh, like a, a, a one-goal margin, so they're at home. 1-0 home win is me. Very interesting. Very interesting. Paul, do you want to give me yours? So, obviously this, for the, uh, for the eagle-eyed, as we like to say, we'll notice that this is um, ex-Middlesbrough manager Jonathan Woodgate's current post in his position as caretaker manager of Bournemouth. Um, so, depending on whether they've got a new manager in place, don't know if they will, but obviously he's, uh, he's currently the... Uh, the one running the ship there. Um, I don't think he's had a loss yet, so I'm going to put him down for his first loss if he is still the, if he is still the manager in, in place. Um, so I'm going to go for a one-two because Cardiff have started to hit a bit of a stride recently. Goal scorers. Um, can't think who else plays up front for. Bournemouth currently. Uh, I'll go Dan Juma. 
You don't want to write that down, do you? Are you sure? Why? <laughs> I think Mr. Cook may have picked that. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Cook may have tried to pick that. Is he injured? I I couldn't find him listed, so I went through the I went through the book to find possible players, and I was like, "Oh, here we go." Is I was like, "Do you know something?" I've had to go back a fair way to find these names and stuff. So I looked and I was like, hmm, couldn't see listed. So the reason is because that's his name. Oh, Arno Danjuma Grunerveld. All right. But on the back of his shirt, he wears Danjuma. So everyone, like on, on the commentary, everyone always says Danjuma because that's what you would imagine you would say. Um, so, yes. Right. And Juma, please. Okay. Job done. Uh, and for Cardiff, I'll have a brace from Kiefer Moore. Okay. Well, I like what Stu's putting down, so I also went with a 1-0. No. Uh, but because I couldn't go with the Juma, I went with Solanke. Yeah, that's a fair enough pick. So, four games to predict. Four games predicted. That can only mean one thing. That's right, we're at the end of the prediction section. And this sound means the book is closed. Now then, Stu, you'll, you'll absolutely be, uh, be familiar with the principle of beat the jock. Now here, I know, I know, it's, it's the red air that's doing it, but you know it's uh... here at uh, here at the uh, the Riverside Roundup. We have our very own jock. So I've been throwing it out to the uh, to the social media to tell these people, right? Somebody out there it can it can absolutely take him down. I reckon it's possible, and I reckon this week I am the man to do it. So what I've gone with is a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B. So Paul actually put forward a suggestion, which I ran with, but I didn't want to get too I didn't want to get too ahead of myself. So here's what we've got. Stu, you are invited to play along, but it might need some explaining. And this is where it's gonna get weird, because I'm gonna get Paul to explain. <laughs> Paul I might have got this, I might, I'm saying this now, I might have got this so wrong. I might have pitched this one too low. Paul, can you tell us who George Cancel is? Yes. Go. I believe he is Middlesbrough's all-time leading goal scorer. He is. Anybody guess where this one's going? You so, want to know what his favourite food was? Which stock he put on first? It was, it was, <laughs> it was chips and egg. Uh, George Cancel is Middlesbrough's highest goal scorer. Um, from 1925 to 1946. 
way back in the day. This is a two-fold question, and that is, first part, how many goals, okay, and the second part to this question is, from how many games, Ugh. now then, as it is one of these sorts of, you know, pick a number out of your, uh, um, I will, uh, I will allow for a kind of a closest number situation depending what you boys give me. But whilst you think it through, I'm going to give you a little bit of uh, aperitif. So, like I say, we're going back a, a fair ways. So, um, don't want to give too much away, but. A line in the in the bio says, with almost a goal a game in his 14 seasons at Borough. He, uh, he was an ex-miner. Smashed all known goal-scoring records. It was no flash in the pan. As the modest hero went on to be club top scorer for the next 10 seasons after the season that they're talking about, which was this huge thing. Absolute monster of a, of a goal scorer. But can you tell me how many goals to the nearest over how many games? Stew. Before you, uh, before you let it rip, I think we'll probably need to, uh, so, Stew, how many goals? My OCD is telling me to give you a round number, but... I feel like it's going to be one of these odd ones, and I have absolutely no clue. So, uh, did you say 14 seasons? And obviously back then, I absolutely know how many teams were in the league at, at, at that point. Four. <laughs> so that means absolutely, Jack. Um, I'm going to base it on the fact you've said a goal a game, 14 seasons, um, I'm going to go for... 287. 287. This is going to be remarkably close. How many games? You said almost a goal a game, so 302. 302. Paul. As the jock that so needs to be beaten... Goals. So, so I've gone fourteen seasons, and I've, I've I've guessed at roughly thirty games a season. Because again, like Stu, I've no idea how many games they played or how many teams there were. So I've got to four hundred and twenty games. Is that your answer for the games? That's my answer for the games, and I've gone for three, four, six. 
for his goals. Three, four, six goals for 20 games. Why has he, why has he got that look? You're an absolute disgrace of a man. Don't, don't tell me I've got it, but I've got it spot on. You haven't got it. It's ridiculous. You haven't got it spot on at all. Of course you haven't got it spot on. I mean, you're only one out. <laughs> no, dude, no. So, so, a lot of people might see me sort of on my phone. I can, I can honestly hold my hand up and say all I was doing was this. This was, this was now flash in the pan as the modest hero went on to be the club top scorer for the next 10 seasons culminating in a career total of a staggering 345 goals you were a little bit out on the games I'm afraid out of 453 games um, that's an extra that's like an extra thirty something. So they play. So they probably played about thirty-two games a season. Then, if my maths is right on that. Unfortunately, Stu, you did not beat the jock. I did not beat the jock. Again. So's lads. It's it's almost like. We're trying to beat him at questions about his own football team or something. <laughs> so that's that's why that's why I said I think I brought it a little bit too close because I was like I think I've gone high with the pick a number sort of situation because then you you you're talking about crazy numbers, but then it's because it was Middlesbrough. I was like, uh, I was like, chances are he's probably going to know. He's probably going to know the answer. He'll be like, don't ask me that question because I know the answer. So I was a bit like. I've got a, I've got a chance it. So basically, all we're doing is we're just setting a base level. So now, beware next week's question. That's all I'm saying. I, I cannot wait to have a to have a question about Wealdstone United's all-time top goal scorer or something like that. Yeah, I want to so know. If, if we were to if we were to flip it, Stu, would you know who holds all-time top goal scorer? Is? I would I would have guessed at Chiller, but I'm not. As in Chris Chilton, it'll be Chilton or Waggy, one of the two. See, I didn't know whether Windass did. Did Windass play enough for him really to get there? I mean, he definitely, he definitely played enough, but um, I think them two were probably a, a bit more. Like, I, I think they were more tenured, shall we say? Mm. What you need to, as, as a bit of an inside joke, what you need to do is ask Paul about Bristol's because he'll. Uh, He'll fall asleep halfway through the question. So that's... <laughs> if you know, you know, is all I'm saying. Oh, dear. Dearing me. Well, I mean, I mean, at this particular point, anyone who listens to the podcast should know, because Matt tries to drop it in every time. <laughs> <laughs> he's, a, he's a big fan of Bristol. So, that's... so that is the section that we're, that we're, that we're touting as Beat the Jock. Um, at this point in time, nobody has beaten the jock, and I invite anybody out there, even even with a scrap of knowledge about the game, to uh, to get involved. 
hit us up on the Twitter. Find some way to send us a message on Instagram, or simply put, drop us an email. Uh, all all of the deets are on the website, so uh, get yourselves over there, get that information. Um, Paul, you were about to tell us who Hull's highest goal scorers. Well, I, I, I have um, so Stu, what were, your, what were your guesses? It'll be it'll be Chilton or Wagstaff. I would have gone, like I say, I would have gone Chilo first. So Chris Chilton is the club's top goal scorer. Do you want to guess how many goals? Um, from from memory of my uh, obviously it was a little bit before my actual time, but from memory of reading about him, I would say it was somewhere in the region of about maybe about two ten ish. You you're really close. It's two two two. How nice is that? 222 goals in all competitions. Nice. There we go. Yeah, not too bad. You take that. So, uh, the last segment, not to not to spoil it, but we're, we're drawing to a close here. The last segment, uh, we like to call Any Other Business. Um, I'll throw it out to all people involved here. So, Stu, Any Other Business? Just a little... Tiny little big up for the fact that my team have been going through a little bit of a slump of late, but managed to pull out a 5-0 win against uh, Wigan tonight. So, well done, boys. Second nice. in the league. Definitely well, not it, it, the game on top. But. It's funny, sir, because I was actually going to bring that up as part of my any other business. So I was going to say, the um, <clears throat> the podcast listeners who were listening back in the uh, You Can't See the Forest for the Tease days... May may recall an episode last season where I believe we dissected a. I don't even. Oh. I don't know if you came on Stu to talk about this game or whether you were too, too, furiously irritated by it to not want to be any part of it. But um, towards the end of last season, there was there was a game where uh, Wigan played Hull, and unfortunately, it was uh, very one sided, and um, Wigan ran out eight nil winners. You know, like you know, like in uh, in the Avengers, there was like the blip, like when that game happened, that was like the snap, and like no football exists between then and now. So. <laughs> well, what I was going to say was obviously that you know no one likes getting beat eight nil. It's happened to Borough before, um, but obviously, would you take tonight as a little bit of a mark of revenge for that particular game? I mean, if they're going to be like the professional sort of. Outfit about it. The eight nil shouldn't have any bearing on it. It's, no, an, entire, it's an entirely different situation, and for, for where Hull were at that point last time out to where Wigan are this time out, it's ap- the, tonight's result is absolutely a reflection on on the way that their seasons are going respectively. So, regardless, I mean, am I happy about it? Of course I am. Um, but at the same point, from from how last season went, like we we were absolutely dire last year, and you know we, I can't I, I can't even say we didn't deserve it because they were they were a terrible terrible side last year. Um, I mean we could do a whole other four hours about the reasons for that, but let's not. Um, but yeah, I, I, it, it's just it's just a sign of the times. Like last last season, just draw a line under it. This season. Quite, quite happy with the result. Results have been a little bit up and down of late, 
um, for Hull. So I'm, I'm a five nil win has got has got to do everything for confidence. Now, obviously, in a week's time, this will probably age ridiculously well when we've been tonked by the same score, but um, we'll we'll see. I'm, 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 it's given me a little bit more hope. So we'll we'll, we'll see how we go. Um, the only piece of uh, the only piece of business I had left is just uh, a little little check on the old Twitter and uh, the hashtag gets you the uh, Riverside Roundup co-presenter job is actually trending right now. So uh, thank you Longest to all. Hashtag ever. That's the other hashtag that goes with it. Yeah. Uh, thank you all for uh, for getting that up there and and trending and uh, yeah, keep the votes coming in. Um, I think uh, applications might close uh, at uh, at eleven pm today, so uh, we'll. Uh... It's, I mean, it's funny you should say that though, because then just under it, it says "Beat the Jock" is also trending, and then with a stick. Is... <laughs> I, can't po- I can't possibly imagine what's going on there. <laughs> oh, is it that time already? Oh God, you better end the podcast quick. <laughs> well. That is what's happening. So uh, a big thank you to Stuart Mansi for uh, taking in time out of his evening to join me and the glamorous host that is Mr. Paul Williams. This has been the Riverside Roundup. Thank you for listening and watching and uh, generally being a part of this. Send in your beat the jocks. And until next time, we will say bye. We will see you then. So there we go. What do you think to that? Did you enjoy the guest? I enjoyed having the guest, and I'm sure Paul enjoyed having the guest too. So uh, it's up to you people out there in the world to transform that guest from mild-mannered guest into superhero co-host. So I'm going to say, I'm just going to leave it there. You guys know what to do. Speaking of knowing what to do, if you're mooching around on uh, on youtube checking out the cookie cast podcast just uh, just subscribe if you haven't then click for notifications then go and tell 30 of your closest friends and family to do the same you can also subscribe on soundcloud and itunes and we'll love you forever if you do that everybody jump over to the cookiecast.com we've got all sorts of social media links over there there's even a, a button to press to send us an email so uh so yeah Big thanks to you for being our guest, and uh, big thanks to you for listening. And until next time, I'm going to say bye, and I'll see you then. Bye-bye.